live on SEN Top End, 16.11am. This is Fridays in the Top End with Jackson Clark, Raf Clark and Rob Hale. For Rain and Horn Darwin, finding a place to write your next chapter. Welcome back to SEN Fridays in the Top End. Thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin, finding a place to write your next chapter. Now, some interesting stuff is going on behind the scenes, Rob, with the coaching mm. applications and vacancies in the NTFL competition. Nycliffe and Tiwi Bombers are the two main ones at the moment. But I am hearing, and I don't know if it matches up with what you're hearing, but this vacant Nycliffe job might be the most sought-after job in town. I've heard some pretty strong applicants mm. um, and that it will be a highly sought-after position. Does this yep. match up with what you're hearing? Yeah, it does. I've definitely heard like a lot of... Um Geez, like three premiership, NTFL premiership coaches, former premiership coaches, like names that sort of mentioned from different people. XAFL players. And XAFL players as well. Um, so it just depends on what path they want to go down. It is a very interesting coaching job in the way that, you know, Nycliffe are in a very weird position. Mm. So it is an interesting coaching job in the fact that what who they want to lead that footy club. Um, especially where the list is at. It could be so different, Rob. Sorry to cut you off, but mm. just on that comment, you might have some coaches come in and in their application process say, hey, Nycliffe are nowhere near a rebuild. We're winning a flag this year. Then you mm. might have another coach that comes in and says, hey, we just need to restock and reload a little bit and get more games into young players and perhaps not go for a flag this year or the following year, but just rebuild this list for the next 10 years. So you're right. There might be different coaches with very different perspectives mm. on where the list's at. Yeah, well, my, my perspective on where the list at, Clark, I mean, I mean, actually, I'll ask your opinion. So, in their last final against St. Mary's, right, mm. they had nine players over 30. Nine. Yeah, and, sounds a lot. And they had Sean Wilson and Trent Melville didn't play, who will both play this season, mm. depending on Trent's um, concussion. Do you think 11 over 30 in the NTFL, guys that have slowed down, do you reckon you couldn't be in a premiership window when you have to have those 11 still there? Yeah, I think I'd like to see how many players were in that age demographic for those dominant St Mary's teams. And even Wanderers, the teams they were up against weren't overly young. 11 players over 30 certainly sounds high. Um, what were Geelong at last year when they won a flag in the AFL? It might have been something similar. I don't think it would have been as high, but, you know, sort of approaching those numbers a little bit. Um, and then you've got the whole aspect that we've spoken about on here before about the propensity for clubs to rebuild in the NTFL, whether that's even a thing, whether, mm. you know, you spend time developing these young players and it can all be nothing if they move down south for university or get another opportunity elsewhere. So you do have to live in the now a little bit, I think, as an NTFL coach and, and someone who's at an NTFL club. Um, I don't know whether you'd be doing like six plants. You can't mm. get trade value. It's not like you can wrap up uh, a first rounder into your club or, or mm. get another good young player coming back the other way. So you don't want to be scaring players off. You don't want to tell players, hey, you're not welcome at our club or we want to play younger players ahead of you because then it then creates that culture where they're not picking their best 22. So it's a tricky situation. I do think Nycliffe need to plan ahead and I'd be getting games into Phoenix, Joe Poole, Adrian Scott, um, Quinn and uh, Politis obviously won the Rising Star this year. So they do have young players at their disposal and I'd be making sure that games into them is a priority. But I don't think it's like rebuild mode yet or anything like that. So I think it's probably up to the new coach, whoever that may be, up to their sort of discretion in regards to where they need to go. Do you think this current group can win a flag with the bulk of their players that they had last year? Well, I think it's going to be tricky. Um, I watched the final against St. Mary's, just getting a bit of 
idea about it and um, their ball movement was really slow. Mm. Um, I know they were going against the breeze as well, but when you're down, you, you can't. That's you know, probably a that's, staple of an old team, isn't yeah, it? Slow ball and, movement. And it's all fair enough, but they're grabbing the ball across half back, and the ball movement was so slow. I think the back line needs a rejuvenation. Mm. I think they need two elite midfielders to come in, but they started with Brody Philo, Cam Islet, and one of their other Southerners. So that Southerner goes out, Philo or Islet have to go out of that midfield to mm. bring in two state league level blokes, and I'm thinking. State league level blokes in the manor, Sean Manor, for example, yeah. Jacob Dawson types. Yeah, Nike had the recruitment top power, elite top ones. elite level, just at fringe outside AFL. Bring in those two levels, um, and I think they're going to have to try with the points and get Holtz Fitz back. I think yeah. he's a four. He's got a mate there as well down there um, that you'd want to try get as well, but. And um, you're hearing just quietly that could be a possible chance. Like I've heard a yeah, few whispers as well. I'm about hearing Holt that, Fitz. and I think I don't think Buffalo should be disgruntled if that's the case because I feel he's a Nightcliff. They had their issues, and we don't want to comment on that. We didn't know, don't know the details, but I think they're in a position now to probably go for one more quickly. While because Boyo, Paris, and Brown are both going to try get their two hundreds. Mm. I think that's. I think them getting their two hundreds is respectful, considering they're the premiership heroes, drought breaking, um, skipper and brownie. You know, so um, I think give them their two hundreds this year. I think it's a bit like the uh, last dance. Yeah, Clarky, that's my opinion. But they said last year they played kids, and I looked into that, um, and they for me they didn't play kids enough. So the kids aren't ready. I wouldn't say they're ready. So mm. I think the older bloke's gonna have to carry a bit, filter through some kids when you can. But the problem with Nightcliffe last year also was that they beat everyone at the top, but they lost their few down the bottom. I get the impression too with Nightcliffe that they could be as good as anyone, but a determining factor with the Tigers is how they manage their point system and to a lesser extent their fly-ins. I know there were some issues last year. Rob, you might know more than I do, but uh, was that Anthony Di Pasquale and a couple of other players who were probably mm. in their best 22 but weren't getting regular opportunities due to being three-point players or, or four-point players or two-point players or whatever it might be. So we've seen good teams like Waratah this year have reaped the benefits and won a flag. Mm. Southern Districts previously have done so but you need to have that point system at top of mind when you're sort of designing your playing list. Yeah, so if you've got the kids here, I've written down, you've got, they've had eight kids play for a total of 32 games. So mm. that's that's not massive numbers. So I don't think a lot of those kids are going to be super ready for Premier League level. Quinn, I like. Um, I like Quinn and I like um, Politis as well. But you add in the others, Joe, Paul and Scott need to play more. But some mm. of these kids, I think, did try to go back down to play 18s footy instead. Um, so I think that that's an issue as well. But um, it's going to be interesting. They're in a very interesting position. Um, mm. Let's put it that way. Um, but I think all the old guys are going to stay. So that's 11, 12 spots gone. So mm. how, how much you can actually add to the team is limited. Yep. So I will take this out of your hands, Rob. I'm going to mention a couple of names mm. that I've heard associated um, by multiple different sources around town. I've heard Patrick Bowden, ex-AFL yep. player, uh, played at Richmond and the Western Bulldogs, brother to Joel Bowden, Sean, Rhett, Michael, all the, the, mm. the whole list. Yep. Um, thoughts on Patrick just on a surface level as a coach, because he's a guy that I look at who, from all reports, presents really, really well. Um, he's a respected figure. 
on and off the field. He's got an AFL record behind him, um, and he's well set up off the field as well in his personal life. So I think Patrick Bowden on the surface looks a really good option. If we're going to mention names, we should mention other applicants we've heard. And Lee Crossman, the former Banks coach, Banks Premiership coach, is another one that I've heard attracted interest from the Tigers and uh, definitely was a person that almost looked like he was going to be the guy. And mm. then um, they've attracted a lot of interest, the Nycliffe coaching job, when they've applied for the position. So I think Bowden and Crossman, if we're going to compare these two for now, what do you see the pros and cons of both of those two men? Uh, I think I think pros and cons, I don't know Patrick that well. So um, I, don't, he's, I don't know if he's had super coaching success. I couldn't mm. find that online. Um, Crossman has, so yep. there's a difference there. Crossman's coached up here, but Bowden, don't, I don't think he has at that level. Um, what level he has coached up here, I'm not sure. I think he might have coached Div 2 last year for a bit, maybe. Helped out. Yeah. He hasn't done a lot, Doesn't so he's probably... He so may have done a bit behind the scenes, but, but not on a public that, level. Nycliffe are so well-structured that they might want a leader that's a bit of a... Um, is a very high... Like, a very good communicator and mm. being able to bring everyone in on the same page. And I think that might have been some of Bucksy's downfall, maybe reading between the lines of what people have said without people saying it. So I think he could be a good fit in that aspect. Um, also, and I think... Um, you're adding the Joel Bowden factor. Joel mm. Bowden's back at Nightcliffe and helping out a lot. Um, and, and I think he could be building as an important figure at the footy club. So that could favour Patrick Bowden over Lee Crossman. Mm. But Lee Crossman has some really good runs on the board, obviously. Um, but he's also got the temptation with Tiwis. And we've also heard Brenton Toy and Rick Nolan's name mentioned in different capacities. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I'm not. We've heard a lot of names, really. Yeah, we've heard we? a lot of names, but it's going to be a tough, tough just, job. To it just depends if Crossman wants to go to Tiwi. I heard he he is passionate about that, so that just depends. But well, let's talk about that. So you, there's another job that we've spoken mm. about, the Tiwi Bombers job, yep. and obviously there's a filter down process where sometimes maybe if you're not successful in the Nycliffe application process, mm. you might then turn your eyes to Tiwi Bombers, which could be potentially, with all due respect, an easier job to get because it's certainly a much tougher job, but at the same time potentially a more rewarding one as well. Brenton Toy not going around again. Um, Lee Crossman has coached the Tiwi Bombers before to a flag, so clearly if he puts his hand up, um, he's still in good coaching form with back-to-back flags at Banks. He would be a tough man. Uh, you know, you would have to consider him. I look at people like maybe a Shannon Rioli. He went to play for the Bombers last year and, and I watched him and everyone was talking about, oh, Shannon's there as an on-field coach. And I thought, well, if Brenton Toy goes anywhere, then perhaps he becomes just the coach rather than just an on-field coach. Do you think you could see someone like Shannon Rioli taking that position? Because he has coached in the juniors. He's coached alongside you before at St. Mary's Juniors. He's coached alongside me way back in the under-12s um, about a decade ago now. Mm. So does love his coaching, Shannon, and he's a good leader. Do you think that he could be someone interested in this position? I think Shannon could be interested, but I don't think he's going to put his na- hat, like, name in the ring if he thinks it's going to be too hard. And for my coaching background as well, I'm, I'm in a similar position um, mm. as well. But well, That's a smart thing to do. Yeah, and I, I don't... If he's gonna, if he wants to play, I think the Tiwi job is a very difficult job. And there's yeah. no... like, And it brings also to the Dave Barnard conversation where Dave Barnard's gone off the districts and left Nycliffe as well, which is going to leave a hole mm. at Nycliffe. But, so they, they, Nycliffe could be in the hunt for two or three coaches, really. Mm. Um, but I think if Shannon's going to play, it's going to make it quite difficult to coach the Tiwi Bombers if you're a playing coach. Mm. So, I With mean... Barnard, yeah. is that... Why... So he's vacated a club to take on a senior role or a co-coaching role mm. at Southern so districts. Yep. yep. Why 
was he not offered any of these opportunities at the Tigers? Was there any push from Nycliffe for Barnard to apply for that role? Um, you know, if we're going to analyse this critically, has that relationship between Barnard and the Tigers just sort of ran its course? Or do you think that if he's going to take that step up, it should be at a different club? Because I think change can be good for certain people. Mm. What, what's, what's the situation there? Uh, have, my conversations around with him, it sort of seems like they wanted him to stay, but they couldn't guarantee you'd get the job, mm. but he'd be a strong applicant. Yep. So if... You take the food that's on the table though, don't you? Which yeah, is districts exactly. they've already served um, up the plate. I think, so. I think, I think Dave's probably done, had enough runs on the board maybe to expect or maybe for Nycliffe just to offer him the job perhaps. Yeah. Um, and that, they wanted to go through a process. Um, but in saying that, once Buxy had announced he was leaving, Southern Districts, I think, from all reports, did put in the table that offer to Barnard. And now Barnard, it was too good of an offer now for Dave Barnard to refuse. And Nycliffe didn't counter it with the same offer. So mm. um, I think it's credit to Dave Barnard, though, because I do think that um, I think some of Nycliffe, he has been there for that premiership, you know, like that premiership era, but he was there before, so he's had 10 years at Nycliffe. I think a new voice is needed at Nycliffe. Yeah. Um, but how that happens with um, the, the leaders at the footy club and the direction they want to go in is to be seen. It could be... Because mm. if Nycliffe go with the same sort of list and don't recruit some top liners and don't play any kids, and that job can start to look like Doomsfield if 12 blokes retire mm. next year or the year later, it could be it could be a rebuild. Yeah, I think at least with the Tigers, they seem to be a club that have pretty good setups with their Mm. volunteers and their junior system. And I know that, obviously, we've spoken, even on air, financially about the situation where, like, it may not be as rosy as it seems, the Tigers' financial situation. Everyone Mm. says, oh, you go to Nycliffe and you have just a blank checkbook to buy Mm. whoever you want in Australia. It might not be as simple, um, especially now, especially this year. But, yeah, I still think they're an attractive club, the Tigers. Tiwi obviously is a is another situation as well mm. i've heard some people describe it as the toughest coaching gig in australia and mm. we don't want to scare anyone away because um they're looking for applicants at the moment um but it would be a very rewarding one if you were the person to get the tiwi bombers back into the finals or competing contending for a flag you would be hero number one wouldn't you yeah definitely but i, I think also if i was to go for tiwi and coach that side unfortunately just the, the way the juniors are i think they need to be a whole lot of development um put back into the kids yeah i think they need to continue playing the um tiwi footy league over this dry uh, over dry season yeah so that because if a lot of the boys are sitting on the island um and not doing much in the afternoons and them as we both know playing with tiwi players they love footy Footy's you can play all year seven. round. They yeah. play all year round. So just do it. Just do it. Um, but I think you'd have to recruit heavily for the first couple of years oh, as a senior sure. coach. Probably 12 to 14 Southerners in yeah. every week. Not Southerners. It could be local Aboriginal blokes that are based in Darwin that aren't Tiwi as well. But in saying that, um, it is a tough job. And you'd like to see him up and about. But it seems like some of the gloss is worn off. And I, th- I think when you throw in the political mm. atmosphere with the Tiwi Bombers, it would be very difficult to coach a successful Tiwi mm. team immediately. I mean, if it was a long-term, and I'm talking really long-term, like five or ten-year project, you might be able to achieve some success. But mm. the players that are going to get immediate results for the Bombers, unfortunately, are the players like Sam Darley and these players mm. that step in, play a very big role, perhaps got experience down south and 10, 12, 14, 16 players that are not Tiwi people, mm. then that might rub up the locals yeah, the wrong way a little bit. Yep. So I think you're in a very tricky spot. Yeah, but 
I think Brenton Toy did that last year. He played a couple of games. They had like about 14 non-Tiwis mm. playing, and they were pretty competitive, but then it just dropped off even when they did have a lot of um, recruits in as well. So I'd like to see Lee Crossman go back there. I think he could probably potentially get that side back together, and, and Shannon Riel is the senior assistant coach, playing coach, mm. um, would be good because um, he hasn't gone to that next level um, as much, but he is a good communicator, um, Shannon. So I think that will be a good stepping stone for him to take over the job maybe in a year or two after Lee Crossman. Very good. Solid chat, Rob. We do need to go to the news very soon, but we've spoken about some of the Nycliffe applicants, uh, mm. the vacant Tiwi Bombers position, Dave Barnard going across to Southern Districts. Uh, he served a really long apprenticeship, Dave Barnard, so well-deserved there. The last coaching position that I think has a bit of interest is Banks, and that's an interesting one for me, Rob, because when you look at the application of the Banks coaching position, there was a bit of vagueness around whether the club sees itself as a Premier League team or whether they see themselves as a Premier League reserves team. I think we both know that they long-term, like five 10 years down the track, it will be in the Premier League, the Banks Football Club. Mm. But um, it doesn't seem to be a huge amount of urgency, and that might be a bit unfair given there's probably people working very hard behind the scenes at the moment. But um, that position, that coaching mm. position, would be a lot more attractive for applicants if there was a clear pathway into where they're going to go in the next two years. If they said this is a two-year deal mm. and the first year will be in the Premier League reserves, but that will be in preparation for a Premier League entry the following year, yep. that would probably be a lot more appealing for prospective applicants, wouldn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think there'd be a lot of um, the top liners like that would like, like yeah. to go for that job as well, um, especially if you're able to know that you can build a list for a year, get over whoever um, disgruntled NTFL yeah. players and... and Let's let's face it. Some of the best best 22s aren't picked at a lot of footy clubs. Oh yeah. So there's players that'll come into your footy club Zero at banks as zeros and make an impact straight away. Mm. Um, if they're not picked at these other football clubs, so I, I think there's a bit of a tussle about a, an oval, um, a club rooms, um, and the financial aspect to make banks sustainable. Mm. Um, but they're definitely going to go into prems maybe in three years as a definite. Um, I'd like to see it next season, not this season coming, but I'd like to see it 2024 to 2025 season. Um, but hopefully the league can. I mean, I don't think we're getting a whole lot of money into the NTFL mm. from the AFL. So I'd like to see the league um, get that endorsement happening. We do need to go to a break. One last thing on Banks, and it's not a question because we could go on forever and ever talking about NTFL, but I would have liked mm. to have seen Banks. So I've always wondered whether Banks have been interested in a potential move out of Palmerston to try and take a bit of that catchment mm. um, because they're not like super locked into Gardens Oval and that sort of stuff. Banks is a bit of a ambiguous name for a football team. It's not like you'd have to change anything. You could still be the Banks Bulldogs and play out of Palmerston. So, yeah, anyway, we can talk about mm. that forever, Mr. Hale. Yep. Plenty more to come here on SEN Fridays in the top. Thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin. We will love your listing.